Okay, hello, Scott Bruder with Glory to God on the Go. Um, I believe today we are going to take a different adventure on the big screen behind us. Uh, we're, we're a little excited about that, and um, I'm excited. I'm, I have been gone for a couple weeks. I'm sorry about that. Uh, unavoidable. However, I'm back. Great awesomeness. Glory to God is going to be good today. Uh, I just want to give all the glory to Jesus and um, his healing powers, and uh, I'm excited. So I'm going to jump right into it. With everything that is going on in the world today, and I'm talking about uh, in other countries, in our own country, the fighting that's going around, going on, um, the, the, the bickering between this group and that group, and, and, and it's everybody. It's everybody. Uh, so today, uh, because there is a super big feeling uh, amongst a lot of groups, uh, especially uh, Christian groups, is that um, Jesus is coming. And uh, we don't know when. He doesn't tell us when. We just know that to those who are not believers, he's going to come as a thief in the night. Uh, to us that are uh, and, and we understand about it. Uh, he is going to uh, cry out with a loud shout. We're going to hear it. And then whoosh, it's going to be a different world. Uh, so I want, and it's my job. No, I don't want. God has put it on my heart to try to help as many people as possible. Try to get to where we all want to have that eternal life with him. And for that, it takes salvation. So today we are going to talk about salvation. I'm excited about it. Uh, your salvation. That's what we're going to talk about. Not only are we going to talk about salvation. So here's the title of my, of the glory to God on the go today. Salvation is your eternity. And uh, we got to ask in his name. We got to have faith. We got to repent of our sins. We got to renew our minds by reading the Bible regularly. We got to put on the armor in the morning so we can fight off the devil's schemes. And we need to be baptized. Um, and we're going to talk about all of this. So the serious question I have for everybody right now is if something dramatic, drastic, fatal happened to you right now in the next 10 minutes, how comfortable are you that you're going to meet your Lord and maker up in heaven? This is a really tough question for a lot of human beings. And, and it's a tough question for many of us. But there is only one true God. And are you living your life in a way that is going to ensure your eternal salvation? So that's the big question today. Um, so let's jump right into it. So Acts 4.12. And matter of fact, the gospels are the, the four books of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, they tell you a lot about Jesus and how, and then the life that Jesus lived and, and why he was here. But when you start getting into Acts, you start getting into what the church really became. And so in Acts 4.12, it says, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. What's the name? Jesus Christ. He was sent here from his, uh, by his father to save us from our sins. 
the Old Testament talks about the laws, the laws of Moses or Moshi, right? And not only did they have the ten laws, but the the all the the Pharisees and the leaders of the of the Old Testament they had like six hundred thirty two more laws that people had to follow, and that was that's crazy. It's a lot of laws. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of rules. Jesus did not want to have all of those rules. He wanted to have a few basic basic rules for you to follow your life by and and loving others was a big one obviously number one was having there will be no other god uh, other than he, he right and and love your neighbors really that, that's those are the big ones right so in john three sixteen, we all know this one right and the next week we're going to talk about the conversation between jesus and nicodemus which was really it's one of my favorite stories, but it has this part in it. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay. We've all heard John three sixteen before. So we all know, know that one, but that's exactly what it's talking about. It's talking about salvation. God sent his only begotten son to really, to, if we believe in him, we are saved and we got to profess it with our mouth. We got to believe it in our heart, and we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But according to Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. This is another name given to Jesus, right? Because if he was the one that came to save us and to deliver us, let's look at what Yeshua means. Yeshua means deliverance. Deliverance from what? Well, there's a lot of things we probably need to be delivered from. Sins, obviously, for one. Uh, demons from another. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things. And we consistently have to be because we allow our sinful selves to fall back, right? And we, we, can, we're, we are sinful people. We are born sinful. We allow ourselves to fall back and we sin. So then we got to repent. Then we got to be delivered again. That doesn't mean we have to be saved again. But we do have to be delivered again, right? So... Jesus was sent by the Father to save us of our sins. That is our salvation. He is our Savior. So in Isaiah 12, 2, it says, this is this the Old Testament. This is crazy because Isaiah knew what was going to happen. He said, behold, God is my salvation. God, the Almighty, is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. The Lord, for Yah, is my strength and song. So we have to believe. I'll rephrase that. We should believe that Jesus came down to help us, save us from our sins, who is going to be our strength and going to be our song. God loves when we sing. He loves when we worship. He loves when we praise. Right? There's a whole other story about that that we can talk about. But the reason why we need to believe that and have the faith that God is our strength, that he is our song, and that we do not need to be afraid is because there are so many things happening right now in the world. So many people have some high anxiety. They're afraid about leaving their house, about what's going to happen to me. Um, they're afraid. Look, look at all what's going on up in New York, you know, all the shootings and everything. People don't even want to go into the parks anymore, Right? so many bad things happening so people are afraid but we have to have our faith and our love and our song for jesus to know that we don't need to be worried about that 
our salvation, if we have taken him into our hearts, we have said it with our mouth, our salvation is solid. We are good. We know where we're going when this earth, earth goes and you know recreates itself and heaven comes down to earth again. Whole other subject. We'll talk about that later too. Anyway. First of all, we have to believe. There's another thing. So, so we're gonna we're gonna have faith. We're gonna believe. Believe that Jesus was sent to Earth to save us for our sins. You have to believe that to have your salvation, which He did, and He was crucified, and He died on the cross, and then He was resurrected three days later, and then He walked on the Earth for another forty days, teaching His apostles, His disciples teaching uh, others about the, the good things that they need to go and spread his word. And then after the 40 days, he said, wait for the comforter. Comforter is the Holy Spirit. He goes, and since I can't teach you anymore, I am going to give you the comforter. He is going to come into your heart and he is going to guide you just like I have guided you. He is going to guide you. And of course, we'll talk about Pentecost at another time. So then they watched him go into heaven and God brought him up, sat him at the right side of the throne. And there Jesus sits preparing a place for us. He told his disciples, I am going to heaven to prepare a room for you. He is doing the same thing for us. He is spending all these times, you know, a, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day to God. And Jesus is up there preparing a place for us because he wants us to be saved. He wants us to believe in him. Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth, confess your sins, repent of your sins, walk away from them and be saved in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And you will have your spot in heaven. It's literally as easy as that. However, there is a caveat to that. And, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. So my question is, who do you turn to when your back's against the wall? Who do you run to for safety? Uh, some people say, well, I run to my mama. Okay, and that's fine. You can run to your mama. I hope she believes in Jesus and gives you some good advice, right? <laughs> but Jesus is there. I heard Robert Morris say... Uh, David Jeremiah, say, Jesus is right there. At you. He is attached to your hip, basically. He follows you around. If you have him in your heart, he is right there with you, protecting you. He is walking through all those fires with you, okay? He is, he is there guiding you, which is the Holy Spirit in you. But you can, if you look around, he's, man, you, if, if you're thick in the Holy Spirit, he is right there. He's got his hand on your shoulder. He is walking you through the fire. And, and what would Jesus do for you when you get to the end of the fire? Well, he's going to be, he's going to be right there with you. He's going to say, you know what? We got through that together. And, and, and I'm going to walk through the next fire with you. And I'm going to walk through the next storm with you. And I'm going to walk through next issue, your next tribulation. I'm going to be right there with you because you took him into your heart and you were saved. He wants to be there for you. Let God lead you through the fire. We're going to come up against fires. We're going to come up against tribulations. God reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. So we know it's, we're not going to live some perfect little life, but we know that if we've got salvation in us, we've taken the Lord as our Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We know 
that we're going to get through these fires. We know we're going to get through these problems. We know we're going to get through this pain. Romans 5, 2 through 4 says, Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in care in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Do you hear me? Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. That's because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And when we're going through those times of trouble, and we know that Jesus is right there, hand on our shoulder, walking through us, right? When he has his hand on our shoulder and we're, and we're going through the tribulations and we're persevering and, and we're, we're creating character and, and we're developing our, our, our hope that we know that he's going to get us through that. Do you know what he's doing? He is molding, melding, changing us, transforming us, helping us learn for that next tribulation, making us stronger for that next fight. It's like every time we go through a fight, we're getting stronger and stronger. Great example. Coronavirus. You get it, and then you develop the antibodies for it. And then it comes around again, and you kick it in its teeth. Right? That's exactly what Jesus is doing. Okay. You get it. All right. It's bad for a lot. Not too many. You get sick for a little bit. Yes, there have been fatalities. Few. You get it? You get through it? You thank Jesus for getting me through it? And you're stronger because of it. No doubt. Fact. Thank you, Jesus, for making me stronger and getting me through it. Okay? So, I have another quick testimony about having the faith being saved, um, and, and having him walk through the fire. So last Tuesday, um, I was going through an episode. I didn't know what it was. I'd never had a pain like this. I never had uh, a feeling like this, uh, but it was severely uncomfortable. It was right here in the back right side underneath my ribs. You can probably guess, guess, kidneys, bladder, one of the two. Either stones or infection, don't know. I don't think it was stones because I didn't feel anything moving around. But I was having a hard time going to the restroom. I, I was I was super, super uncomfortable, super uncomfortable. And I called on the prayer warriors, the prayer team. I called on everybody I knew that I had the faith that they were going to pray for me and help me through this. My wife even said, and matter of fact, I was I was dead set on uh, we got to go to the hospital. We got to go to the hospital. I, I'm I'm I do not know what to do with this. I'm it, it was it was weird. She was like, just hold on, let's pray. So we prayed, man. We were casting out. We were binding and casting and cutting demons out, man. We didn't. I didn't want no no uh, uh, demons getting in me. I didn't want them uh, ruining me. I didn't want them, wanting them uh, uh, hurting me. And man, we just, we went to town. And she said, look, give it a couple hours. It was like 1.53 in the afternoon. She was like, just give it until 4 o'clock. And, and, and the, God, the good Lord has given me a word that this is going to go. 
And so we continued to pray and my, my faith was going up and up and up. And, and I had people praying for me, people calling me. It was, it, my faith was even, my hope and faith was even rising when that was happening. And, and because when two or more gather, he's right there with you. And 403, my wife comes in the, comes in the house and she's like, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, to be honest with you, I'm not uncomfortable anymore. She's like, really? I was like, no, I'm not uncomfortable. Few, uh, uh, we had one of our friends call and she prayed over me too. And, and two minutes later, I went to the restroom. No problems, no issues, no pain, no nothing. Jesus came down. He put his healing hands on me. And he said, Scott, I'm teaching you a lesson. And I said, yes, Lord, I hear you. And he brought me through that fire. If I wasn't saved, I didn't have my salvation. I, and right now is not a great time to go to the hospital. I got a, another friend of mine who's going to the hospital today for something very similar. Wife can't go in with him. She's got to basically just drop him off and then go home and they'll text him when they're text her when they're done. That's ridiculous. You can't even have anybody in the, in a hospital room with you. So going to the hospital right now, unless it's super, super, super serious. Well, I don't know. That's going to be a little crazy, but my faith was so high. Everyone who prayed for me was so high, felt great. Later on that afternoon, no problems whatsoever. Matter of fact, I even think I had a fajita after that. So it was, it was, it was my hope and, and, and my, my faith in the Lord, which you got to continue to have when you, when you get saved. And man, I'll tell you what, good things are going to continue to happen to you. So when we decide to accept the water of salvation, that only Jesus can give us. We choose to die of the flesh of this world and we choose to allow Jesus to live in us and through us. And so I want to tell you a little bit of the story of the, the woman that Jesus meets in Samaria. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you'll find it in John 4. It starts in John 4 with the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining uh, and baptizing more disciples, blah, blah, blah. And then it talks about how... Um, they were, uh, they were going, um, they were walking and Jesus said, we have to go this way. So they had to go through Samaria. Now the Jews and Samarians back then did not get along well at all. The, the Jews looked down on the Samarians like they weren't good enough. Uh, the Samarians didn't like the Jews because they're like, the only place you can pray to God is in Jerusalem. And Jesus didn't, he, he wasn't down with all that, right? So, so his disciples go into town to get food. Uh, Jesus sits by the well, Jacob's well. Jacob had built this well years in Samaritans. That's where they got all their water. So a woman comes out to the well. And he says, uh, he says to her, will you give me a drink? And uh, the Samaritan woman said to him, uh, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? The Jews, not Jews do not associate with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So in a minute, we're going to find out more about what that is. She says, sir, uh, you have nothing to draw in the well is deep. And, um, and where can you get this living water? She's like being all smart alecky, right? She was like, this is the well that uh, our ancestors Jacob built and, and, and his flocks fed, uh, drank from and so forth and so on. And then Jesus answered, Whoever drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That sounds like salvation to me. So this is what he's telling this woman. Now the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't just, uh, so I won't get thirsty and keep having to come back to this well. And, uh, and uh, she says, I, I have, um, he goes, go call your husband and come back. She's like, I have no husband. He says, you're right. You've had five husbands and the one that you're with now, he's not even your husband. And she's like, what? How do you know that? And the woman, is, she's kind of freaked out by this a little bit. And she says, uh, and then he says to her, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in, in Jerusalem, because this is when she says, well, you know, uh, you're, I see that you're a prophet and our fathers worshiped on this mountain. Um, but the Jews claim that you can only worship in Jerusalem. We talked about that a minute ago. Right. And he says, no, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. You worship what you do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet time is coming and has n now come. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and the worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, blah, blah, blah. Well, he eventually says, I am that one. I am the Messiah. So, of course, she runs into the town. She tells everybody, and all the town people come out, and he stays around for about three days, and, and he's uh, teaching and, and, and preaching, and they're accepting, and the whole, almost the whole town got saved. And they all believed the woman that no one really wanted to associate with because she was, you know, she had a few husbands, right? That wasn't good back then. But anyway, the point is, is that when we decide to accept the water of salvation that only Jesus gives, we choose to die to the flesh of the world. I mentioned that, and it's so true. And we choose to allow Jesus to live in us and through us. So in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Just like my situation this past week, I had faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He sacrificed himself. He went through excruciating pain. I don't know if you knew this, but they pulled out his beard. They whipped him and beat him so bad that he had lacerations all over his body. They even say that you could not even recognize that he was a human being other than the fact that he was walking upright. That's how bad his flesh was tore off. That's how bad they, they desecrated his body. That is why when we take communion, we take the bread and we take the blood, right? The bread represents his body. The, 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 the wine represents his blood, right? So as we go through this process of salvation, you have to repent of your sins. And what does repenting mean? Well, um, there's a couple different parts of repenting. Um, basically, it, it's to turn the darkness off in you and turn towards the light. Some people says it's turning from your sin and walking away from it. And that's, that's part of it. But it's turning the darkness off in you and turning on the light because darkness and light cannot commune together. Okay. So Matthew 16, 26 says, for what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world? That means I, 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 I become king of the world right? I live on this fleshy world that Satan owns and he runs, right? For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world yet he loses his life? 
Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will renew each according to what he has done. This is not saying that you are rewarded for the good deeds that you do and the works that you do uh, or that you have done, but of how you lived and live your life through Jesus Christ and how you let Jesus lead you through your life. I'll admit, sometimes I can be fleshy, but I have to repent, immediately repent. Remember that who is my Lord and Savior? Get back on the path. Because when you're walking down that path, as long as you're walking down the path, Jesus is right there in your, in, on your shoulder, okay? When you start straying off the path, that's where the devil is. The devil is off the curb. He is in the yards, okay? If you stay on your path, you're going you're gonna to be able to fight evil. You're going to be able to get through situations a little bit easier. You know, that whole thing with me that happened on Tuesday, that could have lasted a lot longer. That could have been a lot worse than it was, I, I, I believe. Um, however... Because of the healing power of Jesus Christ and, and asking and, 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 and wanting him to help me, he absolutely helped me. Okay? And we're going to have to go through things like that sometimes. So, in, Gal in other Galatians 5, 16 through 17, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the more I walk in the Spirit, the less I have to worry about the flesh. That's walking down the path. We're walking down the path in the Spirit, Right? For the flesh lusts against the spirit. That means the inside of us, there is our mind, body, spirit, right? So our mind and our body are fighting our spirit. Our worldly body, our worldly mind is fighting our spirit, okay? And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, and idolatry can be a lot of things. If, if I love and I just have to, have to, have to play video games and that's all I think about all day long, that's idolatry. Um, if I think of um, uh, other women or if I think if women are thinking of other men, that's idolatry. That's lust as well. Sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. You can read all that in Galatians 5. Any of those things, you are trying to fill the lusts of your flesh. That will hinder your salvation. We can't continue to sin and sin and sin and repent and sin and repent and sin and repent purposefully, right? You're going to have accidents, right? Pastor, uh, Pastor Frankie at Celebration Church says it really great. It's like a basketball foul, right? Guy's going up for a shot. You, you, you go up to block him. You hit his wrist. Um, it's on accident. You know, it's a foul. The guy takes a one-on-one -on -one shot, right? Okay, no big deal. Uh, you didn't mean to do it. But if you do a flagrant foul... And the guy's running down the court and you just come down and just roar, just totally beast mode him, knock him down. You slap the ball. You're actually you only slap the ball. You whack him upside the head and you did it on purpose. That is a flagrant foul. That is a flagrant sin. Same thing. 
Same thing with the sorcery, the hatred, the promiscuity, the moral impurity, the sexual immorality, the uh, selfish ambitions, the factions, envy, drunkenness, all that carousing, all that. Those are flagrant fouls. God does not like when you continue to do them on purpose and just think you're going to come back and repent. Come back and repent. Okay? You got to be baptized. Being baptized is a submersion in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, leaving the old sinful man behind. Just like when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he was put in a tomb, and then he, was, he came back out. Okay, The old man died, the new man rose, just like when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. Right? We have to be baptized too. It helps us walk, uh, it helps us be resurrected in the newness of our life when we walk with Jesus, okay? So just take, um, it takes, uh, when, when we do that, Jesus took all of our sins. Uh, we get baptized because Jesus uh, took all of our sins upon himself, past, present, future, and he washed them away. So when we get baptized, that shows that we are also washing our sins away as well, okay? Paul said it best when he tells us in the Bible, in Romans seven fifteen through 20, I, and this is, this is, follow me with this, but I, I totally understand it. I do not understand what I do. And he's talking about his, his fleshiness, okay? I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, to, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law is good, meaning the old law of the, the, uh, the Jews, Okay. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Again, we all have sin living in us. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Why? Why do I keep on doing it? Because of our sinful nature. Okay? This is why we need Jesus in our, in our life and in our hearts so much. Is because when we take Jesus into our hearts, we take, take the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps guide us. Right? So he continues to say in 20, Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So we know that there is, we are going to battle. Our, our body and our mind is going to fight our spirit. And we got to continue to feed our spirit with the Bible, with his word, with uh, praise and worship. We got to continue to feed our spirit with that so we can fight our, our flesh. We can fight our mind. We can fight our body. The devil will not linger long where Christ is confessed and God is praised. Max Lucado said that. The other night, I had to write that down because it was so awesome, right? <laughs> so so go, let's go back to Galatians real quick. So, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. <sighs> but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Salvation, right? So, let's concentrate more on having the spirit in us. And less in having the sin in us. So many of us don't, don't, just don't understand that we can't keep on going like this. We can't have both salvation and have sin. Okay? Not even a little bit. Right? We don't want it. 
So, it is your eternal salvation or your eternal damnation and that it's going to be your choice. So, you can pick one or the other. If you want to live fleshy, earthly, uh, down here, uh, doing what, what the devil wants you to do, that's your choice. If you want to help others, if you want to take Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be saved in your heart through the words that you say, then you'll have eternal life. It's as easy, literally as easy as that. I don't know exactly when, but I do know that he is coming back. So we as people need to get together and do this now. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name, God's saying this, and they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. When he says heal their land, this country needs this so bad right now with so much going on around us today. All we have to do as a country, as a country together, is come together and call upon his name. This country was created in God we trust. And all we have to do is call upon his name. And he will heal our land. So whoever sees this, please share it with as many people as you can. Even share it with the people that you don't think are going to watch it. It's been amazing. Uh, of some of the people that I've seen watch this and I would not have feared that they would be watching it but I think people are starting to come around to the fact that things are happening now Bible prophecy is being fulfilled right now as we speak there's so much going on I'm not even going to get into that right now but there's so much going on we have to understand it so I want you friends family everyone out there to understand that now is the time get in with him now just like the, the three crosses where Jesus and he had the two criminals and the one criminal was like, man, why do you worry about that guy? And the other was like, Lord, please uh, remember me when you go to your father's house. That dude was saved. He was saved at the last minute. He, I guarantee you, is sitting amongst Jesus right now, living a good life. And that other guy, not so much. That's all I really got to say about that one. So, all right. I have some other stories that I'm going to tell, but um, there's something I want to read to you, uh, and I think it's it's going to be interesting, and then we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to be done with this glory to God on the go, salvation, okay? God is your deliverer. No matter what storm you face, God can deliver you. There is nothing stronger than him. There is nothing bigger than him. No one can outrank him. There is no bondage that he cannot set you free from. There is liberty in him. There is complete deliverance in him. There is no stronghold that will ever overthrow him. All principalities bow to his name at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Sickness, disease, and infirmity must flee. Every form of oppression and depression must go at the name of Jesus Christ. Every form of darkness has to flee. Nothing can stand in his way. There is no entanglement that he cannot break you, break you free from. There is no emotional prison, financial struggle, spiritual wilderness that he cannot set you free from. God breaks cycles and destroys generations, curses, every curse is broken by the blood of Jesus. Vance Jackson wrote that. There is a, on the Bible app, there is a uh, salvation uh, plan. And uh, it was really good when I read it. So I wanted to share that with you. 
Isaiah even said salvation only comes when you come to the light. The light brings Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And take Jesus into your life as you move out of the darkness and into the light. Repent of your sins. Give them to God. Let him take your worries and your frustrations and he'll take them away from you. We're only on this earth for a short term. You're lucky to make it to, you know, 80, right? 85, 90, 93, you know? We'll be lucky to make it that long. It's how you want to choose to live your life on earth that's going to determine how you live eternity. Robert Morris did say that. We were born to sin, but we don't have to live and we don't have to die to it. So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all of these viewers and listeners that are listening to this message today. Let's just hope that they ask you to come into their hearts as your as their Lord and Savior, that they uh, repent of their sins, that they know that they're a sinner, and that they ask you, Lord, please take me into your realm. Come into my heart. Allow me to be a, a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me read the Bible. Let me learn what you want me to learn. Give me the guidance. Give me the wisdom. Give me the knowledge. And so that all of these folks that say this to you, Lord, give them what they desire. I hope everyone out there is healthy, safe, and continues to be healthy and safe. If you're not in church right now, find a good one to get into. If you can't go to church right now, watch one online. My hope for you is that you do take the Lord Jesus into your heart and come back and watch another glory to God on the go. But take this one and like it, spread it across Facebook and spread it across what other platforms you got, but share it with your family. And I hope to see you next week on Glory to God on the Go. Thanks a lot. Talk to you again.